Welcome to Interviews by the Smart Chiropractor. This show is where Dr. Jason Deitch and myself, Jeff Langmaid, give you a front row seat to our conversations with the current influencers, future leaders, and fantastic people involved in our profession. Hey, Smart Chiropractors. Thanks for tuning in for today's Smart Chiropractor show and our featured guest segment. And today we have a young doc, an upstart who is making waves and came onto our radar as somebody that is the embodiment of teach and invite consistently. Dr. Stratton Paulson of Apex Chiropractic. Strat, thanks for taking some time and chatting with us today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Our, our pleasure. So I want to trace it back. I, I did a little bit of investigation on you. It looks like you graduated 2021. You built an incredible following. Did you start building your following on Instagram before you graduated or after and why? Yes. So super important, especially if you think that you're going to start a practice right after you graduate, is start that following as soon as you can. Because the sooner you start making content, the more you can kind of learn what does and doesn't work. You know, I have lots of videos where the quality is terrible, maybe where the, just the whole premise for the video was not great, but you get all the junk out of the way and you start to learn the whole process so that by the time you do start a practice and you're going to maybe run something as an ad, right? You have good, high quality content. You're familiar with talking to camera. You're not as awkward. So I started back really kind of hitting it harder uh, right as I was getting into clinic. So I would do little videos about, oh, you know, does stretching do anything? Is, is foam rolling do anything? What are trigger points? Do they exist? Um, and stuff like that. And after I got through the student clinic, that just made a perfect kind of base to roll right into some of my more videos that I do in practice. Strat, that is awesome. You're doing all the right things. Uh, you know, I think you probably know that a lot of chiropractors are, are curious and interested to learn more about this, but very skeptical. Uh, you know, is this really going to be worth the time? Is it really worth the energy? I was just scrolling through your uh, Instagram as well, and uh, and I'm now following you. But I saw one post where I think you said you got 31 new patients in a week. So I guess my question is, uh, can you help let other chiropractors know, you know, does this work? Is, is this working? Is it worth their time and energy and effort and investment? Yeah, it definitely works. I think I, I get where people could be skeptical about social media marketing. And a lot of it, I think, comes from the difference between what's going to work for us as a chiropractor and what the traditional social media route is. You know, a lot of times when you talk about social media coaches, they're talking about building your organic growth. Well, you need to be posting five or six times a day. You're constantly in contact with your audience. And that's great. And those strategies do work, but that's a lot of time and effort to invest. And I'll tell you what, I post one video a week on average for my practice page. Now on my personal page, I'm posting memes and things here and there. But if you're trying to build, you don't really want to focus on that constant content um, because that's going to build you a national kind of organic audience. And unfortunately for a chiropractor, you know, I, I, my practice is in Dallas, Texas. My fans in Florida don't do me any good, right? They're not going to make me any money. They're not coming in to be patients in my practice. So the constant posting to grow nationally and organically doesn't usually result in a lot of traffic. And this, this clicked for me early on in my practice before I started doing targeted ads and less of the organic traffic. I was trying to do the organic strategy, putting tons of effort in, not getting very big results. And I had a reel or something go somewhat viral. So I got like 20,000 views and I had no new patients from it. And that's what made it click to me. I said, imagine if you went to give a spinal screening to a football stadium audience of 20,000 fans and nobody wanted to come in and be a patient. 
I said, okay, I've got to be doing this the wrong way. Um, so it does, it is a lot of work and it doesn't provide you a lot of results if you're doing it the wrong way. But if you start to kind of pull the levers, turn the gears and get things going in the right direction, all of a sudden you get the wind in your sails and it's really working for you. Right on. I, we're going to want to talk post-roll about that national audience. We might be able to help you with, with being able to reach out, connect, and, and help some people beyond your circle of practice. But you touched on an important point, and that is there are nationwide and worldwide people in your following. There are local people in your following. When you consider how you adapted, how you pulled levers to get a little bit more on the local side of things that made a bigger impact in your practice today, tomorrow, not necessarily you know for the long term, how, how, how did you think about that? What were some of those levers that you pulled? What can you offer listeners? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the first things is you're just posting things out. You're using the hashtag system. You're going out to whoever the algorithm puts you in front of, right? So how can we more tightly control who our posts are going out to? And the, the real way to do that is we go over from the free organic strategy, which you can still run, but you come over into the paid ads strategy. So we're working either with Facebook ads, Instagram ads, TikTok ads, and what comes along with you know paying your ad dollars is that you then get access to their targeting features. So it can be as simple as dropping a pin on your practice and, and basically encircling five mile circle, 10 mile circle, 15 mile circle, depending on how big your area is. And then all your ads are going out to that particular circle. And if you want to do demographic targeting, like let's say you want patients between 30 and 60 because you don't want Medicare and you want people who have enough money to afford care, right? Well, you can go ahead and target that. And if I don't use hashtags on that post, I can limit the amount of organic national traffic that I'm going to get while maximizing the amount of local exposure I get. Uh, it is pay to play, right? Some people get a, a sour taste in their mouth as soon as they have to start spending ad dollars. But I can tell you that a couple hundred dollars of ad spend will go much further for you in your practice doing local targeted ads, especially if your content's good, right? If your content's terrible, it will just speed up how, how, how fast people know you suck. Okay. But if your content's good, it will get you a lot of results limiting it to your local audience. And, and that's great because they look your practice up. They go, oh, this guy's right down the road. I could easily go sign up. Strat, you, uh, you, you set it up, so I'm going to have to go there. What does it mean to have good content? Uh, you know, a lot of chiropractors think that they have to keep on, you know, selling chiropractic, you know, pushing chiropractic. What I heard you say earlier, though, uh, seemed to be a pivot on the exact opposite direction, teaching people about themselves, their body, their problems, how do you think about creating good content? What works? What doesn't? Yeah, I agree. We, you know, I say this a lot. Chiropractors and chiropractic students are entirely too concerned with ourselves and what other chiropractors and students are doing, right? I, I want to know who's learning what technique, what the doc down the street's revenue is, like all that. Patients don't care. And they generally don't care about chiropractic. What they care about is the benefits to them. So, you know, am I going to feel better? Does this work with neck pain? Is it safe to get adjusted if I have a low back fusion, right? These are the questions that patients have. So, Good content is answering those questions that patients have in a way that is easy to understand and accessible, right? So, and there's lots of different content. The content that's been most accessible to me has been videos of adjusting. I know it's going to be really controversial. Some docs are very pro-adjusting videos. Some docs are very anti-adjusting videos. It doesn't have to be that for you. It could be exercise videos. It could be talking about nutrition. Whatever you're really into in your practice, you feel like you have specific knowledge that's valuable that you can provide quickly and efficiently, that's what you should focus on. So some practices do a really great job at this and they don't even adjust, right? They do mostly rehab. Some practices, mostly adjustments. You know, you can display a big Y-strap adjustment, whatever you want to do, right? Um, but good content is going to be valuable for the audience or the listener. So 
you know, explaining what chiropractic is can be beneficial, but you don't want to spend all your time on chiropractic and doing the sales of it, what it is to us. You want to talk about the benefits to your potential patients and showing them uh, what it may be like to have that experience in your office. So for me, that's what's been so great about the, the adjusting videos is you're giving the patient a chance to imagine themselves on your table, getting that relief and having that transformative experience that breaks down that wall for them to pick up the phone and call your office or go online and book an appointment. They already know, like, and trust you as the doctor when they come in your front door. And then that carries down the whole, the whole care kind of pathway to where it's, you know, they're going to be easier to commit to care. They're going to be, um, you know, more loyal patients because they trust you when they come in the front door. That is super powerful advice. Everybody listening and watching, I'm going to encourage you, rewind, listen and watch that again. I could not agree more. I'm going to sneak in two questions for you now. One is, how did you get comfortable on camera? Big hurdle for so many docs starting out. And two, follow up to that, how do you consider content creation today? So how do I get comfortable on camera? It's It literally is just starting. So, you know, for those of you, a lot of people probably don't know me, right? So um, I'm a brand new chiropractor. I graduated in August of 2021. I opened my practice in September. So I haven't even been in practice for a year, but I've been a massage therapist for 13 years and about 10 of those were in private practice. So I remember starting way back with grainy 720p videos. I would be showing stretches on my massage table. I had this horrible, like long bowl cut. Um, you know, it was bad, right? The content was bad. The quality was the bad. My haircut was bad. Everything was bad. Um, but over time, as you practice delivering uh, language to camera, as you practice speaking with people, um, you get better at it. And so you do, it's, it's like anything else, you know, you're not going to go bench press 400 pounds on your first day at the gym, right? That just doesn't happen. Well, you're not going to go make a fantastic video that goes viral and just sets you up for your practice on your first video. But if you never start making content, you never start speaking to people, you never start giving talks or teaching classes, um, you know, then you're never going to get good because you never started. And so what I tell people is just start, just starting. And the benefit you have when you start is that you don't have a big audience. You don't have 10,000 followers judging everything you do. You've got no one. Maybe your grandma and a couple of cousins are following you. That's okay. They can watch your horrible videos. As you make better content, you get better at it. You can delete the old bad content. I came across some of those videos on YouTube the other day when I was kind of doing some spring cleaning on the channels. Um, and then you can kind of look back and admire how much you've grown. So, you know, I see... A lot of people get held back by that fear of failure, fear of talking on camera. And um, at least with camera work, it's better than teaching a class or giving a talk in person. Because if you start to get flustered and you need to bail, you can't bail in person. Like you're in that talk. I could always go up and be like, nope, that was terrible. Turn the camera off and do another take. So that's the other thing I think I like about that. Um, and then what was the second question? I'm sorry. How do you consider content creation? Um, in terms of like my mindset that I take to it? Yeah, either mindset or, or strategy. I'll, you can go either direction with it. Yeah. So your content creation should be driving your no like trust, right? This is a very common in marketing, but like you want someone, people buy from people that they know, they buy from people that they like, and they buy from people that they trust. So that's why it's very important for your content to be genuine to you, right? So if you're someone who loves rehab, hates adjusting, well, don't make adjusting content because that's not going to be authentic to you. People won't like you and they won't trust that content and you won't have as good of a time enjoying it. But you want this content to drive that no like trust so that when people 
basically come into your office or when they take that next step, they already know who you are, what you're about. They know the values. They have a reasonable expectation of what to expect at your practice. They trust that they can get the outcomes that they want or the results that they want from you. So, you know, when I'm making content for my practice, like adjusting videos, I try to show the process. I try to show parts of the examination and the consultation so they can see what it's like to talk to me. I try to show patients reactions. Now that's great. Everybody loves that. But to show patients experiencing an adjustment for the first time, they're nervous, they get the adjustment. And then afterwards they smile, they take a deep breath, like I'm still alive. That didn't hurt. Right. And that's very relatable. So that someone who is maybe hesitant about getting adjusted for the first time um, can see other people having that experience and having a positive experience as well. And, and that's super important for me, especially because our utilization is very low. I don't remember the most recent number, maybe 10%. That might be being generous. So you could sit out there and compete for the 10% of people who already use a chiropractor, but the majority of my new patients have never been to a chiropractor before. So your content should be generated. How do I invite people who've never had a chiropractic experience? How do I break down that wall so that they want to come in? They're excited to come in. Then I can provide them a great chiropractic experience and, and I'm fighting for this market share that's not being competed over because I'm going to be their first chiropractor. I don't even have to be amazing at adjusting, although I think that I am. I'm biased, but I don't even have to be amazing. I just, I'm the first chiropractor, right? Um, and so that, that's kind of what I'm thinking about with content. What's going to resonate with someone who's never been adjusted before? What's going to be, frankly, entertaining enough to watch for more than a few seconds because you have to capture their attention? Um, and, and how can I point all that good energy and flow in the direction of booking an appointment. Fantastic, Strat. All right. So you've, what I'd like for you to share from your perspective that we're always trying to get more and more chiropractors to appreciate and, and emulate and model what you're doing. But one of the biggest factors for many chiropractors is they'll do a few videos and they'll look for the feedback. <laughs> and when there's not many views and not much feedback, the impression is, well, this isn't working for me. You've been doing this for a while. We've been doing this for a while. Help share with others, what's your mindset as it relates to you know, feedback, numbers? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing if you're like most everybody else who starts at zero and starts early on and starts from scratch, you don't get much feedback in the beginning. So there's something in your mind, in your heart, and your understanding that says, I'm going to keep going and getting through this in spite of the fact that I didn't go viral on my third video with et cetera. So, A, what's your mindset? Uh, and I'm going to throw a second one in here as well. Have you figured out, I noticed some of your videos have thousands of views, some have hundreds of views. Have you, what, what's your take on how do you, how do you know? And I, you know, I know nobody knows what's going to go viral and what's not, but how do you keep the right attitude to stay consistent regardless of what the outcome is? Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of keeping the right attitude, it's, you just got to have like that kind of bold pioneer spirit. I think that's one of the things that draws people to chiropractic and especially opening up your own practice. When you opened the doors, you probably didn't know if you were going to have any patients that first month. Maybe you had a few friends or somebody, you know, but you definitely didn't know if it was going to work. And if you're like me, you spend the first couple of months coming home constantly. I was telling my fiance, I was like, I just don't know if this is going to work. Is this the right choice? Did I really screw up here? Should I have taken that associateship? You're always going to have those doubts. You'll have that doubts in your content because in the beginning, you're speaking to the void. You don't have any followers. You don't have anything going on. It's like, is this video any good? It's got one like. It's kind of depressing. Should I take it down? Does this make my channel look bad? But when you committed to opening your practice, 
you committed to doing the things to make that practice successful. And so in my mind, when you commit to starting your social media channel, you should be committing to doing the things to make your channel successful. And that means being somewhat consistent. Like, guys, it's not a lot. One video a week, you can shoot four or five, six videos in bulk, and now you've got a one to two month buffer on your content, right? But be, be consistent because there's nothing worse than, you know, posting six videos in one week and then not having any content for a month and a half. So be consistent and then constantly be evaluating your content and trying to improve on it. You, know, you talked about like metrics. How do you know what's going on? So I've got videos that are in, you know, the tens of thousands of views. I have videos that are down in the hundreds. And you can look at those videos and begin to ascertain by analyzing them and spending intelligent, thoughtful time looking at them, what happened. So I looked at videos that have lower view counts and lower retention. I don't get to the action quickly enough. So what you can see is if you go backwards in time, it would just be the adjustment session, right? From start to finish. Now, as you go forward in time, I start with like a cervical adjustment. There's the loud crack, there's the patient's reaction. It fades to black and it starts over at the beginning of the clinical encounter. Why? Because we hook the reader or not the reader, the audience on that first few moments when we're fighting for their attention and that gives better retention, better views. You could look at different things. Um, the analytics when you're doing this are really powerful. So you can look at, you know, likes and views are a decent metric, but the real metric you want to look at for how valuable your content is, is how many shares do you have where people are sending it to their friends and how many saves do you have so that people can save it for later to come back and look at it? Because you know, I will scroll past videos all day long on Instagram. Occasionally I stop and leave a like on something I like. Very much more rarely I'll comment. And then sometimes things are really great. I really got a lot of value out of them. I'm sending them to my friends so that we can laugh about it in our DMs or so that we can talk about it. I'm saving it so I can find it for later when I wanna show it to somebody later. So the more saves, the more shares that you have on your content, that is better content. The more comments that you have, as long as they're not like, you know, promoted on our page, you know, da, da, da. the more comments that you have that are not bot comments, the better that content is doing. And then likes and views are kind of secondary. The other thing is like, you know, those are still, it's a little bit organic mindset, right? Oh, I got a hundred thousand views. Well, are those hundred thousand views from all over the U S that doesn't help me. So I would rather have a video that has 500 viewers for people that live within five miles of my office and have a view that has a video that has 20,000 viewers that are all over the US are never going to come in. There's a little bit of a back and forth because your organic does help you boost your credibility of your page. Once you're at about a thousand, 2000 followers, people don't think, oh, well, what is this small page? Um, but it's really all about that local target. And so I hope I answered your question somewhere in there. That was powerful. Two things, takeaways for listeners and watchers, teach and invite consistently. Consistency is absolutely key. You said I couldn't agree more. And I think a lot of what you describe in terms of the video formatting, I think of copywriting, attention, desire, interest, action, the ADA formula, super powerful in copywriting, also very clearly powerful in terms of video. One thing I want to make sure that we touch on are some additional videos that you've shot, and that's all around adjusting. New doc, getting out there, confident, putting on the adjusting videos. What do what stimulated that thought for you to want to do it? What's it all about? I would love to just hear the background of how that came to be. Yeah, I. Uh, so it's funny. I've had some people kind of comment like, "Isn't that kind of arrogant or uh, you know a little brash of you to come right out of school and start trying to teach seminars to help other people adjust?" And I've, I've always, I take a very pragmatic and humble approach, I think, to my practice into this. It's like, you know, I'm not saying I opened the best practice ever or that I'm the best adjuster ever or whatever. It's just, if you think that you'd like to adjust like me, I would love to help you adjust the way that I do. Um, 
I've, you know, going back, I've always kind of learned a skill and then taught that skill. So I've been in martial arts since I was three years old. When I was in my late teens, I was a martial arts instructor. I went to massage school. After I graduated massage school, eventually I started teaching at massage school, teaching massage therapy, continuing education seminars. And I taught soft tissue seminars to chiropractic students while I was in chiropractic school. So I was like, hey, I can't teach you guys how to adjust, obviously, but I can teach you guys how to do some of these soft tissue techniques, these pin and stretches, trigger point therapy and things, help you improve your skills that way. So it was kind of a natural progression is that after I graduated, you know, and I, I've spent a lot of time practicing the adjustment, every opportunity I had to any, anyone with a spine who would hold still, I was out there trying to you know, make some noise. Um, and so, you know, I've developed a reputation for being quite good and especially good for how long I've been doing it. Um, and so I taught in a just club when I was in school. And then after graduating, I decided, hey, there's no reason why I can't start helping students. And then even DCs in practice now um, refine their skills and use some of the insights that I have from my career in massage therapy and how to work with bodies uh, to apply that over to the adjustment. So you know, one of my concepts is just the adjustment should always be comfortable. That's the highest priority. So I'd rather not successfully manipulate, manipulate the joint and have the patient have had a comfortable experience with that missed adjustment than be successful and have it have been uncomfortable. And then I take a philosophy of training. So just like you would, you know, uh, go to the gym or you would practice catching a ball if you're a receiver, right? Every single day, and I still do this, I go into practice and I warm up. I do two board strikes. I do body drops on the medicine balls and I train the physical aspect of the adjustment so that I can produce it at will. And so I try and pass on those two things and marry them up is training the adjustments so that you're improving your physical skills and then always having an emphasis on the comfort of the patient. And uh, that's what I teach in my seminars now. Strat, it's great that we met. You're, uh, you're, you're doing all the right things, not that you need us to tell you that, but um, my, my next question is, you're, you're, we teach teach and invite consistently as our framework, TIC. It shouldn't be hard for chiropractors to remember, teach and invite consistently. You find yourself as a natural teacher, as you've just explained your history. Um, it's not natural for some chiropractors to sort of think that way. Many of them have been convinced that they need to be marketers. Um, my question for you is, because you've probably had a foot in both worlds. You've certainly probably had the experience. How would you describe the difference between a new patient who comes to you from, quote, marketing, as in advertising or uh, some other, maybe a spinal screening, versus somebody who has followed you, who knows you, likes you, and trusts you, even though they've never met you, but because they've followed your content? How would you describe the difference when people come in from having those experiences with you, watching you, watching the videos, feeling that comfort level and so on versus I'll just call them strangers, you know, good. That sounds like a great deal. I don't know why I'm here. I have no idea who you are, but you were convenient. You were on the first page, whatever it may be. How do you describe the difference in how people show up, your experience with them and the likelihood that they're going to stick around? Yeah. So it's, it is an absolute night and day difference when you're dealing with someone who just maybe you're the nearest chiropractor to them. They found you on Google. They're coming in. Maybe they looked at your website. They wanted a chiropractor. They didn't necessarily want you. So you come in and obviously we're all going to do our best to give every patient the best experience that they can. But that patient is not 
bought into care. They're not bought into you as the provider. They're not bought into your business as the brand. They're there to see, is this maybe going to be the right fit for me? Versus when a patient has followed you on your social media channel or they've, they've consumed your content, they've already decided you're the doctor for them. They've looked at what you do. They resonate with it. They've heard your voice. They've seen your face. They resonate with you, or maybe they've seen the inside of the practice. So when they show up, it's a completely different conversation. I, I had uh, a scenario where a gentleman had DM'd me. And he DM'd me and, and we're talking or whatever. He goes, okay, doc, I've got, you know, I've had all these fusions. I've had all these issues. I've had multiple appointments. I've never been to the chiropractor. I'm really scared about it. And I've been told that the chiropractors are dangerous, but I trust you and I'm ready to come in. And that was powerful for me because I thought this guy has no reason to trust me. One, he doesn't know me, right? And, you know, if you look at me, I'm covered in tattoos. I'm young, right? So I don't exactly give off that, you know, spine surgeon, doctor, pristine suit vibe either. And he's been hurt by other doctors. So why would he have any reason to trust me? He doesn't know me at all. But the reason he trusts me is exactly what you're talking about, teach and invite. So I've been providing content that he's consuming. He's seen the way that I talk, seen the way that I work. He's seen the results that I get from my patients. And he's decided before he already arrives that he trusts me and he wants to do it. So how difficult do you think it's going to be to get him to commit to a care plan? How difficult do you think it's going to be to get him to follow through on recommendations, to do his home exercises, right? He is a happy camper, so to speak. He is on board with the whole process. And so there's a, there's a great marketing and business mentor that I have, Alex Hormozzi. I think, I think that's how you spell his last name. But one of the things he talks about is like, you know, if you could have a competitive advantage compared to your um, competitors, what would you want, right? You know, so let's say you're selling hot dogs. Do you want the best tasting hot dog? Do you want the fastest hot dog? Do you want the one with the best cheese, right? Well, what you actually want is you want a starving crowd. Because you can have horrible hot dogs that taste like cardboard, but when the game lets out and everybody is drunk and hungry and you're the only hot dog stand there, you have a starving crowd, you're going to sell every hot dog that you have. And so you create that need and you create that ability to, to attract patients from showing what you have and from making it accessible so they can see the whole process. And then if you can meet their needs, which, you know, neck pain, headaches, back pain, quality of life, right? then you're going to be the place that they want to go. You're going to be the place that they trust, the place they want to spend their money, their time, and their effort. We could not agree more. I, I, I would love to go in another hour, but the format of this show does not allow it. So I'm <laughs> yeah, going to encourage yeah, yeah. every doc out there. We're going to drop links down below, Strat, for your Instagram channel, as well as the adjusting videos. So docs, I'm going to highly encourage you to follow, see what he is up to. Grab the adjusting videos, tighten up your skills, never a bad idea. And we're going to count on you coming back when you have 100,000 followers, which I don't think is going to be too long in the future. Uh, are, you, are you willing to verbally commit? I commit. Uh, when I hit a hundred thousand, we'll, we'll throw a party. Right, so you have to wear, you have to wear a hundred thousand glasses. That's the deal. <laughs> I, I, I will commit to that as well. Thanks for coming on and chatting with us. It's been super uh, insightful, inspiring, and awesome to chat with you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to interviews by the smart chiropractor. Join us again next week for another episode and leave us a review when you have a moment. This episode has been brought to you by the smart chiropractor. The smart chiropractor can deliver more new patients, better retention and more consistent reactivations to your practice without spending any money on paid advertising. Learn more and get started today at the smart chiropractor.com.